0: Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Blow. Welcome to the Monday, May 11th edition of Locked On Dolphins brought to you by Built Bar. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, Senior NFL Draft Analyst at DraftNetwork.com, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Lifelong Dolphins fan, and going to get a blend of all three of these experiences, Locked On Dolphins, the Draft Network, and Dolphins Wire today on the show because I have been working through, and we've done shows on the offensive and defensive lines in this front, um, what the athletic trends and traits of the Dolphins acquisitions at certain position groups says about what makes a quote-unquote Miami Dolphin at position X. We did the offensive line and the defensive line, and what we found in both cases was density is the name of the game, and lower body explosiveness is also the name of the game. If you are a dense player with high-end twitch in the form of, say, a standing broad jump at the NFL Combine, you are going to garner the interest of the Miami Dolphins, they like. Beef up front, and now we know what they like in the defensive backfield. This was an extremely eye-opening exercise that I undertook looking at the Dolphins and their secondary. Uh, But before we get there, want to talk about uh, another offensive lineman who could potentially be of interest to the Miami Dolphins, offensive guard Larry Warford, who was cut over the weekend by the New Orleans Saints. And to answer the question quite bluntly, uh, the Miami Dolphins should absolutely be in hot pursuit of Larry Warford. Warford uh, is an attractive scheme fit for the Dolphins as far as a lot of gap power concepts, He's 29 years old. He made the Pro Bowl in each last three years while playing on the New Orleans Saints offensive line. Uh, he accounted for only eight penalties over the course of almost 2,800 snaps in three years with the Saints. He was cut because the New Orleans Saints picked interior offensive lineman Cesar Ruiz, who was tabbed as a popular target for the Dolphins, uh, with the 24th overall selection in the NFL draft. He's a bit out of left field. You know, A lot of people thought maybe linebacker. Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray got sniped one spot in front of the Saints in the draft. The Chargers traded up to get him. So uh, this kind of domino effect has seen the Saints draft Cesar Ruiz. They cut Larry Warford despite making three Pro Bowls and being on the south side of 30, at least for one more year. And the question, you know, if you apply the filters that the Dolphins have really been working through, it's, is we, we're looking for density and we're looking for lower body explosiveness. And Warford at about 310 pounds is not uh, the big, looming, hulking presence in the middle that's going to swallow guys up at the point of attack. And he also didn't show testing when he came out in 2013 with like high-end twitch and explosiveness in the lower body the way that the Dolphins' acquisitions over the course of the past 16 months would seem that they would indicate. So Kyle, why would the Dolphins be interested then? And it's because the on-the-field resume overwhelmingly outweighs you know, any shortcomings in athletic testing. And Larry Warford at 310 pounds is very good at resetting the line of scrimmage, winning the point of attack, played in a high frequency of gap power concepts in New Orleans with the Saints. And the Dolphins, you know, they they are so young everywhere, right? That it might not be a bad idea to get a couple guys who, not even long in the tooth, the man is 29 years old. But you see some speculation on whether or not the Dolphins should should pursue Larry Warford. And I think the overwhelming answer should be yes. Because despite the fact that he doesn't hit the the thresholds of young talent that's coming in. This isn't a young talent. We know this isn't a young talent, but this is somebody that has proved that they could play at a high level at the NFL. And if you compare the Miami Dolphins offensive line to that of the rest of the AFC East, which is what's really important when you consider this is going to be a little bit more of a wide open division, uh, the Dolphins aren't quite there yet, even with the overhaul, because there's a lot of unproven talent. Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson, projected to be the the starting offensive tackles for this team. If Hunt can't win outside, he'll kick inside to guard. What is to stop you from signing Larry Warford on a two-year deal? And then you can go Jackson, Flowers, Karras, Warford, Robert Hunt. I would much rather have a combo of Warford and Hunt than Hunt and Jesse Davis in any capacity. He would instantaneously be the best starting offensive lineman on this line, and if you are serious about competing this year, you should make the call and try and get him in the building. Granted, his price point, his cost is not cheap. He's probably going to cost you $7-8 eight million a year. The Dolphins do have that because of some of the moving and the shaking that they've done in the restructure of Albert Wilson's contract. They have the cap space to afford that if they wanted to. This would be like the ultimate contingency plan. And what I would say is, you know, people will say, well, Hunt can play guard, and we got Michael Dieter, and they drafted so, traded up for Solomon Kindly." Don't let good prospects prevent you from taking on great players. Larry Wolford's made the Pro Bowl in each of the last three years. He's under the age of 30. He is a great player. That would be my case. Will the Dolphins actually do it? No, probably not. But if you look at the rest of the AFC East, Bill's starting five is projected to be Deion Dawkins, Quentin Spain, Mitch Morris, John Feliciano, Cody Ford. Dolphins projected starting five at this point in time, Austin Jackson, Eric Flowers, Ted Karras, Jesse Davis, and Robert Hunt. You can flip-flop Davis and Hunt if you want to. The Patriots... Offensive line is projected to be Isaiah Wynn, Joe Thune, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, Marcus Cannon. And the Jets offensive line is projected to be Mackay Becton, Alex Lewis, Connor McGovern, Brian Winters, and Chuma Adoga. Patriots overwhelmingly have the best interior trio and a former first-round pick in Isaiah Wynn. He had some durability issues early in his career that prevented him from getting off the ground in a hurry. Uh, the Bills have a roo- barroom brawler-type front in Dawkins, Spain, Morse, Ford. would Probably tab Ford and Feliciano as a little bit of question marks. Ford was a rookie in 2019, did well learning on the job and figuring it out, but nowhere near a finished product. The Dolphins have no one that's near a finished product other than probably Eric Flowers and Ted Karras, and I do think the Dolphins have a better offensive line than the New York Jets, Mackay Becton is probably the highest ceiling player. Connor McGovern's probably the best player right now, but the depth and the starting five depth of the Dolphins' offensive line, I think, gives them an edge over the Jets as far as offensive line quality. If you got Larry Warford and put him into this group, and remove Jesse Davis and allow Jesse Davis to be your swing tackle, I think your your offensive line is suddenly ready to challenge the Bills. And with player development, could in time challenge that of the Patriots, especially if they lose Joe Thune. So looking at the divisional landscape, I think there's a very compelling argument for Larry Warford to at least be in the conversation for the Miami Dolphins. I Don't realistically expect this will be something that they give hard pursuit to, but if I was Chris Greer, I'd be making the call. And I'd be figuring out, okay, are we comfortable with the price point? Is he interested in playing with us? And I'd go from there. Speaking of Going from there, when you guys are done listening to this show, I have somewhere else you can go. It's BiltBar.com. Bilt Bar, uh, our proud sponsor of Locked On Dolphins and the Locked On Network for the month of May. Uh, Excellent product. They, at the beginning of the month, sent us these sample boxes, their protein bars, and they are excellent. You know, from a nutritional facts standpoint one-seventh of the carbs and sugar of a typical protein bar. It has more protein than an average protein bar. You're talking 110 to 150 calories a piece, whether you're looking for a meal replacement, something that's going to be a filler if you're on the go and active and need a, a snack. Built Bar is an excellent choice. These things taste and chew like candy bars, not like leather. They're excellent, and, and as a listener... Of Locked On Dolphins, we do have a special offer for you. Use the promo code locked on at builtbar.com for $10 off your first order of Built Bar. That's promo code locked on, $10 off your first order at builtbar.com. What are you waiting for? When we're done here, swing on over to builtbar.com, get yourself a box. As promised, we have the intersection of the draft, the Dolphins, and coverage here on today's show, looking at athletic traits and trends in the Dolphins' starting secondary. As I said, I have done this in the past, looking at both the offensive and defensive lines. The results of the secondary are eye-opening. When we look at the Dolphins projecting starting secondary, and I'm going to include the nickel because of the first-round selection in Noah Igbahogany, and also how much sub-package work Brian Flores has implemented in the past. Cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, and Noah Igbahagany. I do think he is ultimately going to win the, the the nickel starting nickel job over Nick Needham. And the two safeties, free safety Bobby McCain, strong safety Eric Rowe. McCain and Howard were the quote-unquote incumbents, if you will. McCain was drafted in the fifth round of the 2015 NFL Draft. Zavian Howard in the second round of the 2016 NFL Draft, which still technically that Howard pick fell under the umbrella of Chris Greer working in tandem with Mike Tannenbaum. Ig Bahogany, of course, a first-round pick in this year's NFL Draft. A bit of a surprise that they went that direction. Byron Jones and Eric Rowe... Uh, Free agency editions: Rowe in 2019, Jones in 2020. So what I did with this group, because you had more data available, and you, there, there was a very clear like, prevalent trend amongst the data, is I separated these guys with their athletic measurements courtesy of their pro days in the NFL combine in a number of different groups. Size, which is their heights and weights. Their 40 time for speed their explosiveness in the vertical and broad jumps, and their agility, courtesy of the three-cone drill and the short show. All this via their NFL combine testing in the, their respective years and their pro day testing at their respective pro days before their prospective NFL drafts. So Byron Jones, 2015 NFL draft. Xavier Howard, 2016 NFL draft. Noah igba 2020 NFL draft. Bobby McCain was 2015. Eric Rowe, also a member of the 2015 NFL draft. He hit free agency last year because he was not a first-round pick. Size is not really a trump card for the Dolphins. You look at their, you know, their starting five in the nickel. Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, they're two outside guys in press man coverage. Do are significant sized corners, both above six foot. Both 199, 200, 201 pounds. Uh, big athletes. Ig Mahogany is still dense at 198. So they don't want tiny corners. At least not with their high investments and in draft selections. You know, Byron Jones, Avian Howard, some of the highest paid corners in the NFL. They're big, long because they're on the outside and they're dense. Ig Mahogany. He's not quite as long, not quite as tall, but he's still dense and he still has good tackling on his habits on his tape. Free safety, you know, you project Bobby McCain at 5'9, 195. He's very tiny in the grand scheme of free safeties. And this is the nice thing about the site that I use, mockdraftable.com. You can filter their measures versus certain positions. So Bobby came through as a corner, but they transitioned him last year to safety. So I'm comparing his athletic measures, not versus corners, but versus free safeties. Eric Rowe, who came in as a corner, transitioned him to strong safety and had him playing a lot of man coverage against tight ends. You put his filters through versus strong safeties, he's not an especially big athlete for against strong safeties either. It's six foot one, 205 pounds. Grand scheme of things, they like guys hovering somewhere around 200 pounds, but there's nothing significant. You know, you're looking at percentiles and, you know, from heights, Byron Jones is 81st percentile. Zavian Howard's 63rd percentile. Igba Hageny's 23rd percentile. Right, Bobby McCain at, at free safety is the first percentile. Almost everybody who's been a free safety that's come through the NFL Combine's been taller than Bobby McCain. But you get to the athletic testing, and irregardless of whether it's speed, explosiveness, or agility, speed with the 40 time, explosiveness with both the jump test, the vertical, and the broad, or agilities with the three cone and the short show. The Dolphins, across those three areas and five tests, between five players, you're talking about out of a potential of 25 tests. They completed 22 of 25 tests. So this is a fairly large sample size relative to the number of players that we're talking about. Only four of 22 measured tests fell below the 75th percentile whether it's speed, explosiveness, or agility. 18 of 22 log tests were 75th percentile or better. So if you want to be a defensive back who plays for the Miami Dolphins, you better be a hell of an athlete because that's what they're prioritizing. This was incredible as I sat down here and I, I went through this. I want to work through these guys. Byron Jones is kind of a cheat code because he stacked up a ton individually on his own. Uh Byron Jones, six foot one, one ninety-nine, forty time of four three six, which is the ninety-second percentile. He ran that at his pro day. At the combine, he jumped forty four and a half inches and twelve feet three inches in the broad jump. Both of those are the 99th percentile. Is three-cone drill, he ran 6.78 seconds, which is in the 80th percentile of all corners, regardless of size. And he ran the short shuttle, which is three cones each five yards apart. You stand in the middle cone. You run to your right, touch the line at five yards. Then you run across to the other far cone that's 10 yards, and then come back to the middle another five yards. So it's a total of 20, uh, 20 yards, and you make... Two, uh, three turns, but it's all on one linear line. 3.94 seconds, 93rd percentile. Byron Jones, freak athlete. We knew he was a freak athlete. But you take these numbers across the rest of it, and it's overwhelming how well these guys tested. You look at Xavier Howard. Howard had a bad combine and went to his pro day. And had a phenomenal day. He ran four four one, which is the 80th percentile at 201 pounds, which is coincidentally also the 80th percentile for for weight. His vertical, he improved by like five and a half inches from his combine versus his pro day. He jumped 38 and a half inches uh, at his pro day. And say what you will about 40 times at pro days, you can't fudge a vert at a pro day, which makes it very apparent he just had a bad day in Indy. Which makes the pro day so important, and, and you know, relative to some of the guys who may have fallen in this year's NFL draft, that's good context to see. Sometimes guys just have bad days. So anyway, Howard at his pro day: four-four-one in the 40, forty, thirty-eight and a half in the vert, ten-five in the broad, which was seventy-fourth percentile. That's one of our few tests that did not measure in above seventy-fifth percentile by one percent. 6'94 in the three cone, 50th percentile, did not participate in the short show. Ig Mahogany did not participate in any of the agility drills, uh, but he ran 4'47 four, four, in the 40, which is 58th percentile, 40 in the vert, which was an improvement over his uh, combine test by a few inches, 84th percentile. Standing broad jump, 10 feet, 8 inches, 86th percentile. So, like those three corners. They all have, you know, their average speed is 4.4.2. Their average explosiveness is over 40 inches in the vert. So they're explosive. They can go up high. They can run long and, and take guys in foot races, but they're still dense 198, 201, and 199. And the guys who did agility drills, namely Xavier Howard in the three cone and, and Byron Jones in both, very good showings as far as change of direction fluidity as well. Then you look at the corners that have been transitioned to safety in both safety spots for the Dolphins and McCain. He's the slowest of the group. He ran four five one as far as long speed, but relative to free safeties, 77th percentile. He was 10.10 10 in the broad, 94th percentile, 6.8 in the three cone, 82nd percentile, 3.8.2 in the short shuttle, that's 99th percentile. Blazing fast short shuttle time. Eric Rowe, 445. And mind you, he did this at 205. 445 in the 40, 39 in the, the vert, 10 5 in the broad. That's 86, 87th, and 79th percentiles. And his agilities, again, three cone drill, 6 7 was 89th percentile. And short shuttle, that was under four seconds, 92nd percentile. Phenomenal athletes across the board. In Miami's projected start and secondary. So, if you are looking for tells moving forward, say Xavier Howard continues to struggle with durability, with his knee issues, and he misses time again next year, mind you, the Dolphins could tra- trade or cut him after this season and take a cap hit, a cap penalty of under $7 million. Ideally, it does not come to that. I would prefer to see it not come to that. But the Dolphins opened a lot of eyes when they gave him this monster contract extension last summer. And then he missed 11 games with knee issues. And I don't blame him for being conservative relative to uh, what the Dolphins' season was last year. But bear that in mind that, you know, for... The five-year, five $75.25 million record-setting contract the Dolphins gave Zavian Howard last summer, they can get out of that deal in two years with less than $7 million in debt cap. That's why you structure the contracts the way the Dolphins have been structuring, because guess what Zavian Howard had? A monster roster bonus year one. $7 million, I believe it was. We've talked about that before on the show and how the Dolphins, they can spend money, but don't defer the money. You have it now. Pay guys now, and then you have flexibility if things don't pan out. So heaven forbid Xavier Howard does not materialize the way that we want him to. Okay, we'll move on. We'll take less than seven million million two two years after we gave a guy a $13 million contract per year. $15 million contract per year, sorry. And we'll move on with our lives. And if it comes to that point, okay, you want to find the next Miami Dolphins corner, 200 pounds, who is a freak athlete and explosive in every way, shape, and form. That's what they want. (laughs) Knowing full well they like press man coverage, it should be very easy to identify Dolphins' boundary corners and Dolphins' secondary athletes moving forward. Interestingly enough, Brandon Jones not included in the study because he had no athletic testing. It's a little bit smaller for safety. He was billed as like a big physical guy and he's a hard-nosed player, but like he wasn't this big hulking presence at safety that like he was originally billed as on like television broadcasts. Um, but as the Bobby McCain thing indicates, you know, with him being first percentile in height and 5th percentile in weight amongst free safeties, Dolphins really don't care about your size if you've got the explosiveness. Well, Brandon Jones did not test, but his football intelligence clearly jumped off the page at the Dolphins as far as, I believe he memorized, like, all 32. He studied, like, all 32 teams ahead of the combine or something like that and came in and, like, was telling coaches in every meeting he had about their defense. Of course that's going to sell Flores. Flores. But Jones made some splash plays. Transition from the Big 12 to the Dolphins will be probably a notable one, but that's why you know you you appreciate that McCain's still present in the building, Eric Rose still here. Uh, should give Brandon Jones plenty of runway to acclimate himself to the pro-style game, uh, but do have some questions about what his dynamic ability on the back end is. So that'll be a fun storyline to watch relative to who we know is going to be in the projected nickel starting lineup. Uh, and moving forward, you better be a damn good athlete if you're going to play in Brian Flores' secondary. You better be a smart football player, better have high character, and you better be a hell of an athlete. And you better be able to play man coverage because the Dolphins have five guys who have corner experience. Howard, Jones, Ig are the corners. McCain and Rowe used to be corners, and Byron Jones used to play free safety too. All comes back to the Dolphins. How many boxes can you check? And if you're going to be versatile on the back end, it makes sense. you got to have elite athletes. Things to bear in mind as we move forward. We're done for the day, though. Hope you guys enjoyed wrapping up on a Monday morning. Tomorrow is Power to the Pod. It's your show, so you tell me what you want to hear us talk about. Submit your questions either iTunes Reviews. Five stars only, please. Or you can submit questions via Twitter. I'm at LockedOnFins with a PH. Be sending out a tweet this afternoon, soliciting your questions. Uh, Looking forward to your show, your talking points, and then continuing to pick up throughout the course of the week. We've got plenty of fallout from... Uh, the schedule release, plenty of storylines and nuggets that I've been working on to dig through there. Power to the Pod is always a great catalyst for specific show topics as well. So bring the heat, guys. It's up to you. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Dolphins, brought to you by Bilt Bar. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Monday, and I'll be back to talk to you all again tomorrow.